with the lights out and the blinds all fixed. I finally cracked my coat. A few shots, some kind words, a cigarette, the trick. I let my guard down and got my tongue tied up. You tore some pages out. Read me like a book and let me open and shut. Hit the ground hard. And you just rub it in I'm like the film all down Then you tell my heart in the night Except it's my fault we messed up But you work the way yeah. And all this time I thought you cared Just to throw me off and catch me in the way And I was so fevered and rushed I think you may have noticed I got kind of a crush It was easy With my heart on my sleeve For you to knock it right off Pin it to your shirt and then I'll back up the lake It was alright And I would testify But man, I'm waiting for the day guest today on the 525 records podcast none other than the i can i can'ts welcome thank you well two-thirds of the i can't yeah. we have mark and adam and missing is andrew 
let's just start off right away. I mean, Andrew, uh, how awesome is that guy? He's a, he's great. I really like that guy. Um, he's uh, you know he's got arms and legs. He's my replacement. I well, Elliot Cotts. There, there is no replacement. He was just he was the next guy. I, I just you know I'd like to point out that I no. was the original bass player. <laughs> And it, uh, oh, then you kick me out because of musical differences. Well, <laughs> well your, iron, your no. iron fist Look, hand of tyrannical let's be, let's, rule. Let's not, let's, not, let's not jump the gun well, here. Well, you were gone. Andrew played on that song, or Andrew was in the studio. No, I know you said When this. you guys went into the studio, it was 2012, and I was looking at the master tape today, yeah. and it's dated January 2012. Oh. Wow. Well, well where, why... What did you play? Did what you... songs did we play as a band with you in it? Uh, Bad Luck Please, Faded, um, Love Life, all the Icanic Cans hits. In fact, we should play one. What should we? What should we listen to right yeah, now? from the Icanic Cans. Uh, let's just. I mean, Love Life is the first track I think that we did anyway. So it's probably. Wait before we do that, you started. Yeah. You, you started with a song. We should really, if we're going to talk about the Icanic Cans, we don't have a huge catalog, <laughs> so let's not. Let's not jump the gun. We we have a song that we should discuss because there was a big change to this song. What's yeah. the name of that song? Well, there's many names. No, no, no. What's the name that I call it? You, you call it Hands Up. Right. Why? Because the very first line is Hands Up. Right. The very first line. But is it in the did, song? did anybody hear that? Did anybody? No. Did you hear that? I, I chopped no, it. I, I, made, sure. I made an executive producer if decision. Was, oh, I, I chopped it. I give you a bad time on that, Elliot, but that the first time that I heard that, I remember we got in a huge fight. And it was specifically because I was so mad that you decided to chop off lyrics that I'd written. And now I look back on it and I'm and I listen to the song and it sounds just fine without those lyrics at the beginning. But there's an entire the time, verse is cut out. <clears throat> yeah, an entire verse that, that that actually makes the song make a little more sense if you hear that verse. It's true, but yeah. it's also a very long solo guitar <laughs> intro. There, with, is, there is that, too. It's just solo guitar and hands up, <clears throat> right. head your hands up. And given today's like it was a hold up. crazy climate. I, Held up in your hideout now. I feel almost psychic. I mean. It, well, let's just say what the lands. What the, so the, the first verse was hands up. You had your hands up. Like this was a hold up. Held up in your hideout now. And then it goes. With the lights out. Which is right where the edit right, cut edit was that I performed. That's a good so, lyric to drop. I thought so. I, I, look, looking back, I, th- I thought at the time, I was like, no, why would you do that? But now I'm like, yeah, it's kind of doesn't, it's not necessary. I mean, I made an executive decision, love it or hate it. Uh, I know. I felt entitled <laughs> at the time. There's always going to be both versions. This yeah. is the beauty of this. It's really turning one song into two. That's, that's true. And yeah. it's there's the E-Train mix, and then there's the... Full unadulterated mm-hmm. as the director's kit. The director, if you would say, cut. I got it. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Do you play all the guitars on that song, Mark? I don't play all the guitars on that song. It's, I just have one little track, and it's the little slide down echo. That, Everything uh, else is at the end of the song. But all the little like, yeah, that's me. The crazy noodles are Mark. Crazy noodles. That's impressive. I, you know, I, I don't think I've heard it like in the headphones. Yeah, like that. Like the you know deep. that's that zoning in on that it was great thank you it's uh three tracks there's right. you know two panned hard right hard left and there's one at the middle and then we it was a real-time on the fly mix uh, i was you know really riding the faders old school mixing oh. 
which you know I thought came out great. That's why it comes in and out so good. Yeah, yeah. There's a little little bit of panning, a lot of level changes, that a lot sounds... of writing the faders. If you ever watch like old school mixers mix, they're just like butterfly fingers and so they call them. like little tiny micro adjustments constantly happening and it, it and it puts a life into the mix where everything isn't just flatlined like at zero right and you're just hearing levels yeah. you know it's a, it's a constant micro adjustment and it's like very fluttering there's a lot of a lot of fluttering i'm a little butterfly mm-hmm. oh that's what we should listen to right now <laughs> This is my practice take. Little butterfly. Flying on the wings of denial is what it sounds like you're saying there. Yeah. And uh, it's reminding me of, there's an ancient proverb quote, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, the bird that thinks the air under its wings is a hindrance. hindrance. And if only it could get rid of all that air. It could go so much faster. Don't you see how prophetic those words are? I mean, I came up with them, so... You made that song on the fly, 
that was one of these impromptu jam recordings where we're setting up levels we're trying to just get mics going and and then out of nowhere you bust into the song none of us have ever heard it it's just a total improv jam and uh we just kept it going that's a that was a yeah <clears throat> that's definitely a post uh wait a post i can i can't song though a post 45 minute lick song also it's not an old song that's it's impressive that you just play on the fly on the fly that's great. first time pickup bass drum or bass playing is awesome mark this thing is great yeah, thank it you, reminds man. me a lot of that ben folds impromptu jam which is uh fanny packs oh yeah off of fanny packs. naked baby yeah, photos naked baby photos yeah where they're setting up in the studio getting that's levels true. And that's true they're talking about that is a death for all of y'all that wear fanny packs yeah that's a good sign that is a good sign if you can get the rights to that you should drop a snippet of that. We could play that right now. If we Man, want to. We should, you should throw a snippet of it in there. You got the air of some fucking shit. Yeah, I said it. For those of y'all fanny packs, this song's coming out. It's coming at you. Well, it's how close that is. It's practically boomer music now. It's so old, but <clears throat> that's true. Anyway, yeah, no, it was fun to. It was fun setting up, but man, um, what? what uh, I mean, that just came out of you in an explosion. I did. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what was happening in my life at that time that made me think of the wings of denial. What what does the wings of denial mean to you? I, see, this is to me. Well, Jim Carrey talks about this a lot. How the choices you make when you're improvising are very revealing, very telling. You don't even realize you're making these choices right, yet. Right. Somehow you came up with this ancient proverb about wings of denial. Yeah, a little butterfly floating on the wings of denial. Yeah, because like you know, if he started to think about what he's doing, he's he doesn't have any idea what he's doing. Right. Like he just does it. But if you started to think like, oh, I got to fly? Like from our perspective, we'd go, that's just crazy. That's a bunch. I'd deny that <laughs> in a heartbeat. So That's impossible. But I've always had good impromptu jams with with a lot of bands. With uh, Even with I Can't I Can't, I think. We've had some good impromptu. Sometimes that's the best stuff, too. Yeah. It just comes out of nowhere. Like that video you did for the I Can't I Can't. Oh, that's that was, my favorite thing. It was fucking, my it was all impromptu. Thing. Oh, did I shoot a video for you guys? <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is after uh, you were out of the band because uh, Andrew definitely plays bass yeah. in that band. Well, it's so. the Five Two Five Records podcast. We're talking to the Icana Cants today. The Icana Cants are Mark Breitenbach, lead vocals and guitar; Adam Alcala, uh, percussion and backup vocals; Andrew Blake, Blake, who's not here today, unfortunately, he could not make yeah. this podcast. Andrew's over there. Andrew, say hello. Hello, guys. That's exactly how he sounds. Who? That's the current lineup for the I Can't, I Can'ts. And uh, Five Two Five Records, we're just proud to release a live recording from you guys that yeah. happened a few years ago. Is it the White Eagle? At, in Portland, Oregon, yes. Opening up for the great Blue Skies for Black Hearts. Actually, actually they middled, I think, if yeah, I, I think recall. the Smokes had done something, too. That There's I a live the, recording of us? The Smokes closed, I believe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and do you think Blue Skies opened? Huh? See, Blue Skies love to middle. Cause they could, oh, did they middle? Oh, they lo- They lived in the middle oh. because they could pack the van up and get out. 
out. Yeah, and head out. Yeah. Where if you headline, then you got to stick around, and yeah. it's a whole thing. And if you open, nobody's there. Sometimes yeah. the middle is the best place to be for it, that very reason that you describe. Yeah. And they were the masters, you know. Yeah. They, they, because you, not only do you have to get your shit off the stage and into the van yeah. ASAP, then. Well, especially at the White Eagle. You can't leave it. Like it's like it makes there's sense. no room. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense to get your shit out of there. Could you get to stack it up outside otherwise? But then, how convenient is it to just? Oh well, we might well, as well just get in the van and leave right now. I'll, I'll yeah, say, I, no, I will say though that the Pat, I'm sure Pat was there the whole show. I'm um, probably Michael. Probably I don't know. I bet I bet they were there, bro. They probably had two shows that night. I mean, I don't you don't know. Know, yeah, I, I feel like they were probably there that night. All of them. There's a couple times too where just Pat would Pat would play between us. I think so. It was just Pat. Uh, yeah. Doing solo stuff. Swish it up a lot. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yes. Yeah. A lot of times the smokes would open. It's the first time ever, the 525 Records podcast, where we've had a live music in-studio performance from a musical group or person. Yeah. Let's what do you it. feel like doing? I kind of want to do um, Bad Luck, Luck Win. Let's do it.
the uh, Kenna Cants live with Bad Luck Win. A great song. Mark, uh, what's that song about, man? Um, it's just, it's a song about a, a guy that's spending, uh, uh, he's got a, he's got a bad habit. So a gambling habit. Doesn't matter. Could be a gambling habit. Could be any habit, but he does something that upsets his, the, um, the, the person that he loves. Like blowing all the money. Yeah. For rent on gambling? Yeah, that could definitely be it. That could definitely be it. And so, yeah, so it's it's kind of about his story and her story, having to figure out if she's ready to just pack it up and give it in or if she wants to stick it out. But Well, that was a first for the Fetch Fab Records podcast. We've uh, yet to have an in-studio live performance from a group. So that was awesome. That was really good. Yeah, I thought that I was really fun. Thank you. Thanks, man. And, and Thanks for playing. Thanks for doing. Yeah, great guitar work. <laughs> nice by the way, job. speaking of somebody playing on it, uh, Elliot just did the the guitar, masterful um, <laughs> guitar that you heard. <clears throat> How'd it feel, Mark, to just sit there and sing? It's weird. It's it. Uh, yeah, it's strange to sit in the comfy chair, an easy chair, and I because I'm sit, currently sitting in an easy chair <laughs> and singing from this this easy chair. So there's a version on YouTube of that song, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I've questioned. Just yeah. I mean, we've all written songs a little bit. How often do you think you sit down with an actual premise in mind versus something that just sort of evolves yeah, yeah. out of like just singing? Not kind yet. of phonetically and then wrapping around a narrative. I don't usually have a premise in mind. Yeah, it's usually lines. If it's you usually, if you study the greats, the way they do it is they sort of open channel it. They'll they'll have a riff or a melody, right. but they won't have words yeah. or lyrics, and yeah. they'll listen to it and it'll sort of just pop in their head. Like yeah. this, I, I've said this on a number of episodes already, but I'm going to do it again. A lot of the greatest lyrics in history have been written that way. Def Leppard hysteria, right? right? They would go in and just mumble, blah, 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 whatever they thought they were right. hearing. And then the producer and another guy would go in with the cans and they would listen and write down what they thought so they heard. No, and before you know it, you got pour some sugar on me. This is also something Jeff Tweedy talks about quite a bit, about just going in the booth and just sort of saying the first thing that comes to your mind and it may not make any sense at first and there's there may be gaps you know big time yeah. gaps but eventually Home it'll sort of take shape like a hummingbird hummingbird but i actually have jeff tweedy talking about this exact process uh oh. it's just one of these things i have at the ready <laughs> so, uh-huh um I, I I do this thing on, on almost all of my tracks that I record at the loft yeah. when I'm working on new songs. I I hum or mumble something where I think words are going to go right with a melody yeah and a, and a rhythmic structure that yeah. I think is going to fit yeah and that allows me to keep working on the song without having lyrics oh right and then at some point I sit down and I translate. What the mumbles the mumbles yeah you know and 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 you know your your brain is wired to do that you can't yeah. listen to chaos and and nonsense without your brain wanting to hear words so if oh, you listen yeah. to it over and over and over enough yeah. you just hear words right and right. so i write those down i'm surprised that at some point you didn't do just a mumble song uh who how do you know i have i don't <laughs> I, I i don't know the full catalog so there you go i mean a lot of the greatest songs that are 
ever come about have come about that way. So you, that's my favorite. So this are you is, saying this was a great song we just did? Well, yes, but I'm also saying Adam had a great point. Whereas you know what you you can sit down with a premise and you can say, oh, I'm gonna I'm going to write a love song. I'm going to force the chords and I'm going to force the lyrics. And sometimes that works. Sometimes yeah. it's great. And uh, nothing wrong with it, you know. No, but, I haven't. I used to write lyrics first and then try and put a song to my lyrics. But now I always go, it's always music first and a melody comes into play. What about when you were a part of the incredible Portland Ensemble of CAC, the well, collective of MCs, yeah. where you had you really had to bring it to the play it you know did you hear the song first or would you just write raps no i would hear the song first but i would go to eric's basement one time went to his basement and just yeah he he played the beat and i'd listen to it over and over again and then i'd go outside and i'd write some words and then come back in and see if they'd fit and then try the words came pretty easily but it was definitely trying and um and make them fit into the structure of the song where you got to have a certain amount of syllables is that is that in that not music, like a hip hop. Is that more? Is it harder because there's more words and kind of relies more on cadence and rhyme, but can be a little bit more silly, perhaps? Or do you have to well the, kind of keep the, that the balance? The, the problem the problem always comes with something making something that makes sense to me anyway for me, and and thinking of what it will make sense to other people as well. But a lot of times, typically, stuff ends up making sense yeah. automatically. So you you'll hear these words together and. Like Tweety was just talking about, you you want to make those even when you hear those words, if they don't sound like a common phrase you'd ever heard. That's what I call the Beck effect, where it's like Bad luck wind purple, or, pan, yeah. purple pancakes coming down like syrup yeah. in a hurricane with the na 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 syrup. Very true. Uh, I mean, yeah. And yeah, then, oh don't. wow, this guy's a genius. Well, yeah. <laughs> just happens. I'm not gonna diss Beck. I do like Beck. <laughs> Some of it is nonsense. I do. I do try to make stuff that makes sense, though. My words, anyway. It's just there is. There's like three different kinds of songs. There's like the heartbreaking divorce breakup song where you're like, oh, I have to write well, a. I have to write a song that you don't embodies. Even have to this. call it that. Let's call it the sad song. There's well, the, the sad, sad song, song. Sure. Yeah. yeah. There's also the in love song. Yeah. It's it's almost it's the, the yin and the yang, totally, right? Totally. You have uh, being in love is almost as good as being divorced or breaking up. Where one is, you know, the end on the far spectrum. Yeah. But then the third song is kind of like uh, just sort of happened, just sort of came across. You know, it's like a yeah. middle. Those are like yeah, like like Easy Chair or like um, you know some 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 sort of. I'm trying to think of another song that like, we did. She's got a ticket to ride for yeah, the Beatles. It's just kind of a. It's a song. It's on the album. It's not the single. It's not anything anybody is going to be like, you know, oh, this is the greatest Beatles song ever. But it just sort of happens. It happens to be my favorite Beatles song. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's joking. When it, when it comes to just like pure commercial lyrics, you know, Brown Eyed Girl. I mean, kids, yeah. adults. It's just, it's a song you grew up with. It's a what about, what about Into the Mystic? Remember that one? She was born before she was born. <laughs> It makes sense. <laughs> I just you I know, think that was lyrics. This whole high fidelity argument though of former great artists that are now tarnished in their later years, you know, yeah. can't there's a famous line from that movie is can a formerly great artist be held account to his crimes that he's committed, you know, post From what movie are you speaking? High of? fidelity. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, like Michael Jackson, you know, or um or there's uh, so many. There's just so many. Yeah, you know, true. anyone sticks around long enough and they just 
I don't know, they fade or, or, or it's, it changes and you're always, they're always probably better periods of their career that you identify more or maybe you hang on. I definitely have bands that I like because I liked them 20 years ago and I don't, I heard them today. I don't know, but, um, the the movies the movie specifically referenced stevie wonder and i just called to say i love you the guy comes into the store he wants right. to buy i just called to say i love you right first and the jack black goes that shit right he won't sell it to yes yeah. and can a formerly great artist be held okay. account for his later <laughs> musical crimes? i mean i don't think that at that First off, that was really that shouldn't have been held against Stevie Wonder because it was a guy's choice to buy that album. So um, I don't think I don't think that. So I don't think that's a horrible album. Sorry. Oh I my just, god! Just, See, we're learning to, something. I just called to say I love you is is a pretty. That's got to be the worst song ever written. Adam, back me up. I love that song. I was. That, oh my see? god! That song came out when I was coming online musically that, in the eighties. That's so the iconic band. Wait a second! You guys <laughs> are telling me Stevie Wonder's "I Just Called to Say I Love You" is a, a good, good song. song. You're gonna go to bat for that song, yeah, really? Let's, let's hear your nays against it. It's a commercial piece of shite. Well, it's for a movie, first off. So what? So what? And I mean <laughs> it from the bottom uh, of my heart. But I have a question about that. Like at that yeah, level, did you at that level, set, isn't did it? Did you listen to sixty songs and hate those too? Because no, they do the same. I was like, shit, yeah, I grew up on oldies FM radio. The oldies. The, the tracks of my tears. That's Smokey Robinson. Don't you dare say a bad dude, word about him. Well, then what the what the hell are you talking about then, dude? That's a far cry from I Just Called to Say I Love You, which was in every mall in every city in America. What about America. my girl, my girl, That's my we're, girl. Now we're talking Temptations, a whole different thing. But there's no, there are some things I'm about saying, that, though. Like, it's easy stones, dude. There's nothing... Sorry, Adam, I don't mean to cut you off, but he's making me mad about this whole thing. About Stevie it's not, uh, it's not... Somebody that writes a simple song shouldn't be held... That shouldn't be. Wait, 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 wait. Should go against them. You're, you're, you're starting with the end result of this, right? Nobody writes a song like this is going to be this iconic, one way or another, worst song in the history or the best song. I, I just mm-hmm. called to say I love you. It happens to break that way, and it it Very true. It catches with people. So at that level, especially, and this is why I've learned, you know, realized later, that level, especially, your job is to write hit songs and. Uh, if there's any bands out there that act like they wouldn't take that he is that hit going song, through every know. single month of the calendar <laughs> and saying how much he misses this lady at no New Year's Day, no celebrate, celebrate, whatever. You know, he's so he's so in love with this girl that he he misses her so much that he's wrote wrote this song about it. So so what if the melody makes you mad or that it was doesn't doesn't appeal to you. I don't I don't I don't I don't understand how it's the it's worst. It's like you're song mad that ever, he got dude. super popular for just that. Yeah. Well, just yeah. you get to a point in your career where you're sort of cruising and it's just sort of like collecting checks. You well, know. I mean, also the '80s, dude. The like, '80s yeah, were the '80s, man. That, are you are you? That puts a caveat onto everything. It's true. Man. The '80s were a different time, a different place, and a different. Hold this era. against Stevie Wonder. All right, I don't think that was necessarily right in that movie. Same with Tina Turner. Like she's yeah, a great sure. artist, but like, but what's love her... got to do with it is a is a passion. Oh performance no! What about we don't heart. need another hero? That, that, like Cher is a great example of this. Well, do Elliot, you believe Elliot, in life after what love? What is the most That's... popular song that you love? Well, how is that a good example? Dude, I, I mean, I don't even know. What was your what favorite? Is a, what's your favorite? Song? What's your favorite song that you could rely on hearing on the radio? 
I mean, you know, for me, it was early Stones, for sure. And AM oldies radio. No, no, no. I mean, like, guilty ass pleasure. Oh, you know, Monster Mash, shit like that. I mean, no. when you're a little kid. No, no, we're not talking about that. No, Did like, you... uh, like I really like "Since You've Been Gone" by Kelly, by Kelly Clarkson. Since don't don't know why. Gone. I just love that song and a few of her others. She's I have some of those yeah. things They're that people melodies. wouldn't believe that I like. There's liked. like some Pink songs yeah. I like. Well, Justin Timberlake for me, like, he's the name. Suit he's and tie great. when that single dropped. Yeah. That was I was like, ah, I can't not like this. You can't not deny it, right? You, you, reach, yeah. you reach a point with your. No, let me. Ask, did you have a playlist in your casino that you had to listen to? That yes, all and this, all absolutely. This stuff was on that drove you mad. I'm huh? so glad you brought this up well, because see, I, I'd like to rail on this actually. Yeah. Because a tactic of torture at Guantanamo Bay is to lock lock you know a terrorist in a room, and then blare the same song over and over and over and over and over. It could be a heavy metal like "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor" is one of the favorite torture songs. It's "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor," right. and it's just over and over. It just repeats at 120. Yeah. decibels with these huge pa speakers and you can't leave your cell and that's how they torture you so when you work at a casino this is it's very similar they play kelly clarkson since you've been gone i can breathe all the food and you have to hear that on a loop every hour on the hour and they have a probably 15 songs they play Right, and it probably changes like every three months or something. Well, right? it There's depends on who's running the place. Some of the managers are cool. When I first started there, we we heard a lot of like Amy Winehouse, which was oh, okay. awesome. Right. Yeah, they they would change it up a little bit, okay. but eventually the corporate overlords came in and they said no more control. You know, and I, then it, I've been listening to Spotify a bit more, um, and I really hate that. I'm I'm never doing it by choice. I'm always a passenger in a car or something, and. You know, it's always the same songs. And I feel like there's some songs that are so good and so popular, they should just be retired from those platforms just to make room for, for other stuff. I mean, I always like to use the, the song Margarita, though. Like, I just don't think we need to hear songs like that anymore. I mean, it's... That's a niche market. You know, and, and so um, sometimes it's really mm-hmm. hard. The Eagles, maybe. Desperate. Yeah, Hotel California. Like, I mean, they're all fantastic. But, but, no, they're great songs. But, yeah. but, you know, when you get into that... Nowadays, some of the, the delivery channels for music, it's hard to find yeah. new new stuff right. sometimes because you want what's I'll, tastes good. Well, yeah, and it probably leans to go. It's going to go towards whatever is most commercial. But, yes, and commercial now is stuff like Little Zan, yeah, rappers, Post Malone. I mean. Uh, you know, Making Lord. The stallion. You can make an argument for Lord, maybe. I like Lord. I do like Lord. I like. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're. Where I have, you know, the me. I have both Migos albums down in my collection. I like. That's hardcore. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but like Future, I have one of his albums too. But I also have like uh, the latest Courtney Barnett album. Well, this and this is the other thing about your and Adam's difference musically. You're big into hip hop. I'm a big hip hop guy. Yeah. Adam, are you into hip hop? Um. No, but see, here's here's one thing I will definitely say about about Mark and our uh, Mark and my relationship, um, especially musically, is I, I I'm learning about things late, and so a lot of things, and so um, I Mark and I always send each other music, and I kid him that I'm waiting for that one time I send him a song that he's never heard, and it blows his mind because yeah, nine not, times out of ten, it's all I know. Yeah, yeah, I have that, and he's he knows the record, he knows the band, or he knows the side projects, he's heard it, and, and so he is able when I do get into something. Uh, he can shook and expose me to more of it. And hip hop is something that I, I pick up just from coming over here. Uh, and so just talking about what we're listening to, um, totally getting a, 
better year for it. Yeah, I definitely like to. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Adam. Adam is always he's always been receptive to to anything that I play, which is pretty cool. I always find. I mean, there's certain yeah, there's certain things he likes more than others, so I'm sure of that. But he's never gone. He's never said, "Fuck, that's just shitty." What do you? What is this you put on? I was there a couple of weeks ago, and he I was playing a song for him, and he had to tell me. We didn't like it, or <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was kind of right. hard for him. Yeah, that's, I was like, right. oh. that's right. I was like, oh, it's okay, man. <laughs> yeah, I was all like, I'm not sure. This doesn't really, this is not one I care for. But, but I don't, you, I guess, are better at it. They must probably have done that to you, but you just have gone, no, I like it. Oh, it, it always, it's always, I would, yeah, we just, I found so much music here, you know. Well, and it's it's easy. We used to, you know, I used to scour Rolling Stone for like. You know, and spin and want to see who was going to be the up and coming things, what what everybody was talking about. And so, yeah. <clears throat> and then that that dropped off once magazines went away, and I just didn't surf the internet as much or have interest in paying to find that stuff out anymore. Then it became a matter of what's iTunes selling me, you know. So that's it's kind of stinky, but it also became a matter of well, let's just make our own music, and they can't, they can't can do. You know, we're musicians. It's hard to keep a band together. It's it, hard it to get is, three or four guys to all or whoever to, to women, commit to come into practice and playing music to, for for a couple of, for just to commit. Just everybody loves to play the music, but the commitment time that has to be put in because everybody has a life. Somebody's always got to drive to practice no, from true. a long no, way away. That's true. I'm yeah. so lucky that I lost my legs. <laughs> Yes, New. we should bring up the listeners. For a reason. <laughs> yeah, but you had a crazy year last year, buddy. I, I mean, yeah, yeah last, last year and a half, like a year and a half. Yeah. If uh, anybody out there is diabetic, um, yeah, I lost, I lost both my legs. Uh, I am a type one diabetic. I also have a blood clot issue that that affects me a lot. It so. was real touch and go last year. Mm-hmm. It was. I'm so happy we can just sit here and do this because you seem nice. to be in such a better place. Oh here. man, we had a podcast we did in the hospital that I still to this day I feel like I was just on so I mean, I don't remember anything about it and I was on so much meds, so many meds, so many meds, so much medication that um I just <clears throat> Yeah, I, I'm glad we got to do this again. That was episode one, the very first episode was, ever was, of the Fat Fever. I still am honored for it. I do love it, but I got like 45 minutes, and like since then, you've had like eight hour episodes. <laughs> well, Iraq, Iraq was the longest. I know, I know, but Adam got two hours. Even. Well, dude, I mean, this is <laughs> when we did your podcast. We were on Lab Noise. I don't really. Have I'm, I have much anyway. better gear now. That's so funny. you know, I just want to say, I a year ago. When everything was happening, there's just no way I thought a year from now we'd be here. No way. Sitting uh, in a room playing music and having a podcast yeah, the, recording. The, you know, I, I'm not trying to make a joke, but you'd be back up on your feet, you know, like you would oh, be, that too. You'd yeah. be, you know, up and, and getting and just doing your thing and, and you immediately yeah. jumped into me. <laughs> immediately jump jumped into music. music and learning how to play drums with and, and <laughs> and figuring out how to play the the, the the most the trickiest thing that I, at first that I had to figure out was getting the pedal right for the piano because without ankles it's really hard to press down on shit so it was more once I learned to stomp <laughs> then it was fine and then I went over to the drums and I'm like if I can stomp this I could probably stomp that <laughs> the, um, yeah the fine touch control that's the tricky shit that's little the micro feather feather touch on the feet exactly 
And that's what you and yeah, and it's it also is just uh, um, yeah, it's different singing. Like I don't, I, I don't stand right now to sing, so everything's seated. So it's a little bit. I feel a little less like I have a little less um, <clears throat> oomph in my in my voice. But anyway, what's the last thing you remember before you they're putting you under to get your leg chopped off? Oh, the first leg that I got. Well. Man, so when I went in to get my leg chopped off, I remember, oh, man, there's not a lot I remember. Look, I was in so much pain. So they had already done all this stuff to try and save my leg. Um, And I got this thing called compartment syndrome. And it's a really painful process. And if you want to know what it is, look it up because I I don't really know what it is. I just remember it hurt a lot. But I got that. And then they said, look, I think we're going to have to, it's not your leg is going so we're gonna have to get rid of it so i was like look if it stops this pain then great so i guess the last thing i remember was thinking i hope this helps me not feel the way i was feeling before do you, do you remember the morning of the day that the procedure was? well I, I remember the first time that i found out i was gonna i was oh, the i had to get a wheelchair ride from the doctor's office over to surgery in order to get my leg chopped off um, and so, cause he was like, we just, we got to go in now and do it. Like it's too dangerous to leave it the way it is. It was just, it was already, my toes had turned black and, uh, um, the leg itself was getting, I, like I said, it was just so painful, man. I couldn't take it. Um, they did ultrasounds. There was all these little tiny blood clots in there. So it, it's just a not, uh, yeah, it was bad news. So. I can't imagine, you know, everyone knows what it's like to have a nightmare and wake up from that nightmare and be relieved that it wasn't real. And, oh, thank God, that was just a dream. But what is it like waking up post-op after you've had an amputation? And then... Confusing. It's pretty confusing. I'll tell you, the second time was more confusing. With the second leg, actually, it was worse. Um, The first leg, I felt like, oh, I still have another leg. This is not the end of the world. And also the first leg, I lost people to the knee. So I was like, I still have my knee. I could, I could envision myself what I thought of immediately was a, was a pirate with like the, how they, they're able, they're, if they're able to walk around on a little peg leg, then I could get something, I'm sure, that would be easy, right? But the second time that, I, that all this happened all over again, um, like nine months after the first leg, you know, I got back home finally and then, the same pain started happening, but in the good leg or in the other, the leg I had. So when I went, um, and got that procedure done, when I woke up after the procedure was done, I remember just being, I didn't know what hospital was I was in. I thought I was in some like far off. It was, it was a really strange, surreal first like week, I think afterwards, Cause I was really doped up and they had taken the leg off above the, above the um, knee on this one. Um, but I had learned also from the, for the first time that I lost my, that I lost my right leg um, after like the second or third night after the dr- drugs had finally worn off, I, tr- I got up and tried to walk um, without thinking that I had a leg still. So it was the middle of the night. I get up, I fall immediately on my face um, and you know, somebody comes running in and, and they had to, they put a bed alarm on me. They're like, you can't, you know, you're on too many drugs and we don't want this happening again. So, uh, so yeah, I got a bed alarm. So, but I never, um, aside from, 
yeah, I don't know, man. I just never, um, I never thought it would, I guess, I never thought diabetes would go this far that I'd lose my legs over it. But then when it happened, I also, it wasn't something I didn't expect, I guess, I'll say. It was something that I, I thought probably might, like, okay, this is par for the course, I see. So. A very challenging experience uh, that none of us can relate to. Uh, the thing that blew me away was watching the phantom pain and the therapy they were giving you was with mirrors trying to trick the brain and it really it's like it really harkens to the reality itself and how you perceive the world around you and i mean everybody says when you get a leg chopped off or a limb you know you have that weird phantom pain for a while and oh, I still do. I still have you phantom still pain. have it to oh, this yeah, day. I don't yeah. think that phantom pain will ever go away. Um, there, there's still when I put on my fake leg, uh, my ankle feels. I feel like something's squeezing my ankle. Even though you don't have an ankle uh, anymore, yeah, I have no. There ankle. are no nerve endings. No, there's nothing uh, there's there. There's still nerves that had gone to my ankle, but they're all bunched up in the bottom of my leg now. Uh, so they don't necessarily cut all the nerves. But your brain perceives it as, oh, my foot hurts. Or my yeah, yeah, my exactly. lower extremities that my are no longer there. That, yeah, my brain perceives this. There are certain times I'll get weird feelings too. Like there's other times when I felt like that my toes like were too tight, but my toes were right at the bottom of my stump, and rather than really where I would normally feel the toes. Oh man! So, but with the ankle or some other times, um, I will feel like my ankle, you know, should be a few inches down or whatever, you know. Um, down my leg it, it's weird it is weird and it's more I think it happens more with the, 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 the leg that has the knee still rather than the other leg the other leg just gets like nerve pain but phantom, phantom pain comes mostly from my right leg so. Do you, in your opinion that mirror therapy that they give you I mean how effective is it I think it's good at first I mean I think your brain starts to go look this is this is. I think your brain starts to recognize that this is not a. Um, it's just starts to wear off. I think you know. Eventually, you start to you know the joke. You know the punchline. You know this is. Oh, this is. Okay, your brain starts to go. This is a mirror, um, and while, while it does trick it a little bit, I I found that after a few like a week or two, I used to be able to. You know the supposed theory would that you scratch if you were looking in the mirror and you scratch the leg that is the real leg and and this only worked obviously when i had my other leg right so um but when you scratched it that the, the leg that was missing you were supposed to relieve your itch because there would be times i'd get itches like especially at first when i first got the leg amputated i'd get like itches in my calf or something like that and um it's impossible to scratch it actually i still do once in a while i do and and i do find though that now i can actually scratch the bottom of my legs and it makes the, the itch that I feel in my calf or the, the itch on the bottom of my foot that, I, that isn't there. It'll make it go away. It's hard to know what to say after that. It's just, an, you know, it was a crazy year for you, for yeah. sure. And uh, But now, you know, I mean, a year later, it's... Uh, yeah, man. We're playing music again. Yeah, it's amazing. I would love to be able to actually go play music, though. Yeah. Considering the time that we're in, um, four that, people. What was yeah. the last gig that you guys played? Do you think we played on election night? Well, yeah, let me take that right. back. We played. Uh, we did a TV show 
year, a couple years ago, oh, year and a half true. ago. That's true. But we played our last official show was the election night, uh, Obama v. Romney. Um, yeah. So what's that? Twelve years ago. Trump. Trump. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Uh, and it was, I was, it was our best show. We, I don't know, I think there's a party going. <laughs> Anytime yeah. I've been in a band that's gotten any crowd, it's because there's something else going on nearby where we happen to be playing and so we get some spillover and so that night was one of those sorts of things and so we a, play with emergency that night <laughs> yeah yeah we played yeah. with a band called emergency, emergency. Um, and there was a cop or there's a police officer in the band and uh i call him a cop i guess and there's a cop in the band and he all his cop friends came. fuck 12 <laughs> <laughs> all of his cop friends showed up and uh and yeah, they were great. Now did cocaine off strippers' asses and <laughs> had a fun time. Bro, do you remember your bachelor party? Dude, can't even, I don't want to talk about my <laughs> bachelor party on here. Did you have a bachelor yeah. party? Very, yeah, very boring one. They tried to do the typical thing, and it was went fell flat on its flat on its face. <laughs> Ended yeah. up leaving my own bachelor party to go do something else. Oh. <laughs> That's lame. That sucks. Yeah, they say like half of all web traffic is fucking porn. Of course porn. it is. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Every great invention they make for the internet I mean, somehow touches did, porn. Did, was that not the first thing you tried to go see when yes. you found out about the internet? If you were a dude. The first well, thing I yeah. looked up was I tried to find so pictures. So half of the internet. First thing, why, I'm sorry. I tried to find pictures of Jennifer Connelly naked. Yeah. Oh, that was the very first thing I looked at. But <laughs> you, you guys are old enough. And back then, is when you know you you would get get something, whatever that meant. You, you would just have that mi- line by line by line. Uh, yeah, JPEGs so loading over a dial-up connection yeah. took forever. But back then, you thought it was fucking amazing. You couldn't believe this was happening. It's coming! It's coming! It's coming! Okay, so am I, so am I. I'm gonna go make dinner, then I come back and look at the <laughs> yeah, picture. Right. Okay. This is a this is we watched Borat last night and oh, there's a very tried and true technique in every single Borat movie where he shows his unwitting victim a stack of photographs and they they look very normal. Oh, this is me and my daughter and then uh, oh blah blah blah. Oh, this is us at the Eiffel Tower and then the very next picture is just yeah. a penis. It was the one when he was showing doing the haircut. Right. <laughs> He's like He's like, oh, this is, uh, it's like him doing this as sheep, cutting sheep's hair. And then there's like one of him down next to a guy's trim bush. It's <laughs> a very patient man. It just, it's yeah. very surprising. And it comes at you out of nowhere. He does. He pulls a goat. Yeah. He pulls a goat. The goat is a reference to the movie Waiting. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time. Adam, have you ever seen Waiting? Who's in Waiting? Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Uh, Anna Ferris. Yeah, Anna Ferris. Uh, Dane Cook. Yeah. Um, Andy Milanakis, no. who they do the yeah the the no. busboy yeah. No. Uh, there's a that rap song is the shit. It's pretty good. I'll have to check it. You out. should definitely see it. It's oh. worth seeing. But the game is that they, the goat refers to is that if you come around a corner, and somebody or any any time you're surprised by somebody showing you their junk, like you just have to surprise you, like you'll be going to like, like for instance, they take the the rookie there to go show him where the garbage goes or something, right? And so when he dumps the garbage in and turns around to see Luis Guzman standing there, Luis Guzman has his nuts in his hand and is like, ah, see, you saw my nuts at the game. So <laughs> it's a weird it's a, game. I caught you looking. It's a caught you looking game. But there's a waitress there that wants to play. And they're like, no, it's just a dude's game. She's like, no, no, I want to play. So when she plays, well, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> 
You should see it. Well, it, it's it's a callback to the new Borat movie because they've literally ripped off the goat. Yeah. It's, they've stolen the entire premise. When you see the girl's underwear and it's got all this hair sticking out from the out sides. Out of the sides. That's the yeah, key. The, uh, the underwear is basically like a bandana on an afro. Right. It's, uh, just, yeah, it's just peeking out. So she got she got the goat, too. <laughs> but my favorite part is that Andy Milanakis rap at the end Did credits. you just cue it up or something? I don't know whatever would give you that fucking idea, but... <laughs> You're struggling, living off ramen noodles. I'm in my Lexus, finger banging poodles. You call me a bus boy, I'll bust you three times, slice you three times, slice you three lines. I make you squeeze them on your own cuts. And bet you best give thanks before you eat my nuts. Yo, who's that motherfucker throwing pot in the brownies? Bitches used to clown me, now they surround me. My mom tries to ground me, and then I slap her, I fucking tap her. Don't she know I'm a rapper? I don't care about love. <laughs> They're bus boys. The greatest song ever written? Oh, I I think that's a ghost too. I just called to say I love you. Yeah, I think. already discussed what that was. to do it for this episode of the Fight Fab Records podcast. Big thanks to the Iconic Ants for coming out and doing the show. Mark Breitenbach, Adam Oncala, Andrew Blake. Oh! <laughs> I hope you taped that. That's our next single. <laughs> oh, they've left. <laughs> they gave up. These guys are fucking idiots. <laughs>